What's up, guys? This is Andrew Goldberg, a born and bred Philadelphian from Lucas Tigers and Bronze. That's my card talk podcast. And I'm excited to be here on the Wrecked podcast to talk all things sports, crypto, the overlap of sports and crypto, uh, and a whole lot more. And I hear we got some Kobe, Kobe fans on the other end here. So I'm excited to chop it up and talk Kobe uh, at the end of this episode. So make sure to stay tuned till the end. Hello and welcome to Wrecked Podcast. I am Bunchu alongside my esteemed colleague and co-host, Chamber. Chamber, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Possibly the best intro we've ever had, period, in the history of Wrecked Podcast. Wow. And that is some high praise, man. Um, I, I would tend to agree. We uh, we have a, a very special guest today. We're doing a guest episode, and, and I'm very excited about this guest, too, because we, uh, you know me, Chamber, and I'm a big collectibles guy. I'm big into sports cards, and um, I would say, you know, that is as probably overtaken my crypto passion as as kind of my main uh my main squeeze unfortunately for you uh but uh, <laughs> and and so you know uh, there's a podcast out there that i listen to daily called the lucas tigers and bronze podcast with uh andrew who's our guest here today and they do a daily show so i listen to that all the time and uh i'm excited to have andrew on because he brings a pretty unique perspective i think one that i uh tend to share about um, um, you know, crypto, Bitcoin, digital collectibles, where they fit in, in you know, what we're doing every day and um, how that might uh, cross over to the real world, really. Like, you know, when, when a, a traditional collector, so to speak. So uh, we're going to talk some NBA Top Shot today. If you don't know what that is about, you will find out. Uh, Chamber, I introduced you to this just over the weekend, right? Yeah, or, or in the I'm past week or so. I'm on fire for it. Awesome. So we are glad to bring in Andrew Goldberg. Andrew, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing amazing, guys. Uh, thank you for having me on. I'm excited to talk about all the topics because I, I think there's more overlap between crypto and sports cards than people kind of realize on the surface. And I like your guys' vibe. Uh, so I'm excited to be on the show. Thanks for, for having sure. me. For sure. I totally agree with you. Um, I think there's huge, huge crossover. And, um, you know, it's funny. You guys, uh, your, your co-host, Cage, I feel like you're the you're the guy that has to kind of try to, try to bring that to him. I, I've heard a lot of your uh, Bitcoin and crypto um, you know, arguments for him, and I feel like he, he's just not on board quite yet, huh? <laughs> well, I, th- I, try to, um, I try to understand things pretty simply, right? Like, uh, I think it was Einstein that said, if you can't explain something simply, you don't really understand it. And to me, what I find is, especially with the kind of the older generation, I'm 31, uh, so Cage is 44, uh, but what I find with the older generation is they're a little bit scared of crypto just because they don't understand it. But, but to me, all I think of is the internet is here to stay. 
and we need a currency to transact successfully on the internet and that's enter blockchain and then on top of blockchain you have crypto ethereum uh, and the other kind of baby currencies underneath of those two. So that, that's simply how I understand it. I'm no crypto or Bitcoin expert by any means, but I try to understand it as simple as possible. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Chambers, uh, what, what do you think? We're uh, you have you now? You're a crypto diehard here. We've we've established that you've been in the game. You're you're now a uh, baptized OG since 2017, right? That's right. That's, baptized I think in blood. That's fair. Yes, you're baptized in blood, and uh, but you don't really dabble in the regular collectibles uh, space, the the real life tangible collectibles space. Uh, I uh, not not in my adulthood. When I was a kid. Um, I had, you know, there's probably about a three or four year span where I collected a lot of hockey cards, uh, living in Canada, obviously that's going to be, uh, a, a pretty popular item. And then a little bit in comic books as I got a little bit older, but then, you know, chicks happen and, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm only human. Uh, <laughs> well, you went to Penn State during the, the prime Penn State years, right? I, I, I'm the Penn Stater. So the I Penn went Stater. to, yeah, so I was at Penn State during, well, it's funny, like you go through, you go through that, and I, I, I don't know about you, Andrew, where you know, you collected when you were a kid and then you come back to it. And I've been back to it, you know, for now, probably closer to two years. Um, and uh, it's just like, there's part of that nostalgia where you, uh, you know, remember what it was like when you were a kid. Um, Chamber, you, you, you think you had any Kobe rookies back in your day or what? Uh, by the time Kobe was a rookie, I'm a little bit older. So I was like 14, I think, when Kobe was a rookie. Oh, so I was already a, chasing. Tim. I was a hundred percent chicks at that point. I think. <laughs> <laughs> what a ladies' man! The guy that's been with his wife for like twenty uh, years. He's just know, out I, there. I, I, <laughs> I'm a, I, I've, I've, I've been a romantic from a young age. What can I say? That's it. That is it. Uh, but Andrew, so kind of um, tell us a little bit about your background um, and how, you know, maybe you found crypto, how you found sports cards and how kind of, you know, those two passions play into each other today. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. And my background is probably not so different from a lot of people that are in this space, actually. You know, um, I'm an immigrant. We moved here in 92 with the family from Ukraine. Uh, so when I say born and bred Philly, I mean, I was born in Ukraine, but Philly was where I was raised. And um, my, my dad moved here with my mom and we basically just worked. We, they worked really hard. I was raised by my grandparents. And eventually it's like that immigrant story you, when you save up enough money. Uh, from working, you try to buy your first business. And he bought kind of like a bodega, a little coffee shop. Uh, and I was, as the oldest child, pulled into the cafe at the age of like 12 to work the register and get to see how it is my dad runs this business. And to be honest, that's like kind of the foundation that I use today when it comes to buying and selling cards. Because my dad kind of did the same thing, but he did it with things that people really enjoyed. So that was uh, when smoothies, like really healthy smoothies and breakfast sandwiches were becoming popular. So he added those to the menu. Uh, but it was no different. He was going to the store. He was buying inventory for X and trying it to sell it for X plus whatever his cost. And then a little bit more on top so that he had money to bring home to the family. It was really that simple. Um, so I was raised in the family business, but I also grew up playing soccer. Uh, and I went to Drexel, 
right not right by Penn State, but same general area uh, in Pennsylvania uh, to play soccer there on a scholarship. Played there for three years, and I, I was kind of like, you know, when you have your your toe in two different what ponds. I don't even know the the statement or the quote, but I, I wanted to go professional, but I wasn't fully committed to that. And I wanted to go work on Wall Street, but I wasn't fully committed to that. And uh, I my career ended on a, on an injury. So I we were playing St. Joe's. I got tackled from behind, and I tore my ACL. Ironically, I scored on that exact same play. Uh, and that was the final play I, I had for Drexel. And I had a decision to make. You know, do I re- rehab and come back, or do I just move on and start my professional career? So uh, I decided to move on. I had an internship at Morgan Stanley, then got a job at BlackRock in San Francisco uh, right out of college. And I realized, man, this I like finance, finance, I like investing, but I don't like the behemoth like Wall Street model. Um, I felt that they were kind of like closed off from the rest of the world. They purposely had these terms and confusing things. And, and this was right after the 2008 crisis. To paint you a little picture, this was 2012. So we were coming back up off that, what they call the Great Recession, four years after Bitcoin started. So it was really, really in its infancy. But I got to see, you know, kind of the overlap between Wall Street, um, Bitcoin, and what they thought about it internally. Uh, and I was like, you know, this really isn't for me. Uh, I, I like investing, but I don't like Wall Street. And I, I left and I joined a startup. Uh, and ironically, that startup, you know, it, they do ID verification called Jumio. Uh, they do ID verification using the camera phone. Uh, and they're the ones that signed up or a lot of Bitcoin companies like Coinbase was our client, came to us and said, we needed to do KYC. We need to verify our customers online. You guys have the best technology out there. Uh, could you help us do that? So that's where in 2012, 13, 14, uh, and you know, hindsight's 2020, I should have invested in Bitcoin then. Uh, <laughs> I got to see, wow, this, this is really interesting what's going on. Uh, and that was the early days of me even getting into Bitcoin, understanding it. It was the overlap of me working on Wall Street and then starting to work with some of these startups like Coinbase that were getting into blockchain. Yeah, that's interesting. So what, uh, you know, that is a kind of interesting perspective that none of us really have as far as what it's like inside Wall Street or the fine, the, you know, the big financial world and what they think of Bitcoin. And, you know, from your experience then to now, do you feel like that may be changing? Because I feel like we've seen, you know, recently tons of institutional uh, investments. You know, we have companies uh, like MicroStrategy putting Bitcoin on their balance sheet. Uh, you know, do you feel like that? What's the difference between then and now? Or how did you kind of see that when you were working in there? I can't speak on it now too much other than like what we see on the news. But the way I understand Wall Street is like they want to be closed off from the rest of the world. You know, they want to play by their own rules, kind of create their own rules. And I think the reason they're getting into Bitcoin now is because they just see that they have no other option and it's going to steamroll them if they don't get into it from a technology perspective, internally, like actually building the technology and investing in it. So I, I just think they're getting into it now because of the whole FOMO thing. They don't want to miss out. 
Interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, but they they won't be able to uh, they won't be able to change the rules like AMC, huh? Or uh, GME. <laughs> so, well, well, well that's a great example. Like you you think that those situations just because of what's going on now is like an anomaly, but truthfully, when I was there, just the vibe I felt was that they want to play by their own rules. They don't want the little guy to win. They want to like the people that they recruit, even in those companies, they're from these high prestigious schools like Harvard and Yale and and Penn. And I hear you, but I'm not so sure that the best talent comes from those schools. I think that they just select people from those schools to keep it closed off. Uh, So I, I, I don't like that. I'm a meritocracy capitalism guy through and through. Interesting. Interesting. Chamber, you, you you ever see yourself working on Wall Street back in the day? Did, was that ever a thing you wanted to do? I, as long as it was cocaine, I think I would have been fine. <laughs> I think. Um, I'm not sure how prevalent that still is in today's Wall Street, but I watch you a lot just of... Watched, uh, you were watching Wolf of Wall Street. No, I, I watch... I'm a big Black Monday guy. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that. That's, uh, that's more my speed, but it's in the vein of Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, but yeah, lots of... If there's cocaine, I, I'm sure I would have done just fine. Um, <laughs> sans, sans the cocaine, though. Maybe, maybe not. It's New York City. New York City runs on coke, so I'm, uh, I'm sure they had it. I'm sure they had it. America runs on Duncan. New York City runs on coke. <laughs> that's it. And, and Canada runs on Tim Hortons. So that's there right. you go. Uh, <laughs> so yeah so then you so we're talking now when are you getting yourself into investing in bitcoin for the first time and then maybe how did you find then you know what bitcoin meant to you from a uh you know from a philosophical standpoint to then kind of getting that crossover into you know collectibles and, and alternative assets and things like that well, well here's the thing so I was early in Bitcoin conceptually, but when you're a kid, and I was a kid, I was 24, and I decided to, two and a half years into the startup, to move home and start a business with my friend, I didn't have a ton of income to invest into Bitcoin. So uh, I, I do wish I had more disposable income at that point, but I didn't. I moved back home, back to Philly, started a company uh, that did mobile app development, and website development. Uh, and did that for a little while. And then when I started getting disposable income, which was 2017 and 18, is when I actually started buying sports cards uh, and getting back into collectibles then. And ironically, that was around the same time that I met Gary Vee, got a job on Team Gary Vee, and worked in that ecosystem for uh, a little while. That's got to be a whole different beast in and of itself, huh? Well, well here's the thing. When, I was, when we started the business... Uh, we did mobile app development and, and website design. One thing you run into, I, I like sales, but I had no clue how to do marketing, right? And marketing changes. Uh, and I found Gary V because I was I had a need. I was like, dude, I can't, I, I'm constantly trying to find new business, but it's so time consuming, right? Sales, you're, it's always hard work. Whereas marketing, if you build your brand, that could fill up your pipeline, right? You could always have new leads coming in. So I found Gary and I was like, dude, I gotta go work for this guy. Like if I'm gonna be in business for myself for the next 30, 40, 50 years, I can't just be a one trick pony and know how to sell, sell and close. I need to learn marketing uh, and building a brand. So it was kind of like a little bit of a mission to go like, it was like basically like, Andrew, you need to get better skills. Do you go and get an MBA or do you go and try to get a job for Gary? And, and I thought it was a better investment of my time to go and get a job for Gary 
than to go and get an MBA. He's a media marketing juggernaut. I think he probably made the right choice there. I think so too, but a lot of people go and get their MBAs, don't they? Yeah, I I I think so. Chamber, were you uh, ever an MBA guy, or are you just done uh, done when you were done? Uh, no, I, I did a little uh, I did a little school of business, but uh, I dropped out uh, about halfway through. More for the cocaine, right? For the absolute. <laughs> devastatingly <laughs> abundance of cocaine <laughs> well chamber let me ask you my sister so my sister's 10 years younger she's taking like marketing classes now yeah from my perspective it feels like the people even teaching the classes are theoretics and not practitioners 100 like percent. uh yeah no you, you, i mean it's i've heard it's like that for any of the you know um once you once you once you go to school for so long once you get to that certain level where you've been in university or college for you know, five, six, seven plus years. Uh, it seems to be the case across the board. I actually went to I actually went to school with uh, with a guy who was writing textbooks for a uh, one of the finance classes for the school of business that we went to. He was he was I think twenty years old at the time. He was like a genius. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it, you're hundred percent right. It was all conceptual. But uh, he was a good friend of mine. And got kicked out of school because uh, he did too much did too much mushrooms one night. Jumped off <laughs> <laughs> and, and jumped uh. off the second floor of one of the buildings and like uh, crushed his skull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was he okay? Was, Is he good? Yeah, he's okay now. He's still a genius. He works in Toronto on on uh, in the financial district in Toronto, and he's making oh, his serious. millions and. He's just a super genius. Dude, microdosing is... Uh, he wasn't micro... He was macrodosing. He was macro. <laughs> but microdosing is, is a real thing right now. Like, I, I, with all of the talk about collectibles and things like that, I think we're not even uh, giving paying any attention to, like... I think with FDA trials, now they're legitimately looking at, like, shrooms, psychedelics, MDMA as a way to treat uh, depression in people now. I've been that- saying it for years. My Just personally speaking, my wife and I, we will do... Once every three, four, five years, um, we will we will do an MDMA uh, kind of evening together, and it really helps us out with our relationship, with our anxieties, that kind of thing. It, I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of it. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, that's like a real thing. That's like a not not a, not a joke thing. That's a <laughs> that's a real. Thing I, I can never tell what's real or not a, or a joke. I have to you, say so. it. I have to actually go out and, and yeah, yeah. Exactly. But that's a, that's a real thing. Oh, I've never awesome. done it. I have a few friends, and you're not the only one that swears by it. Like in in moderation and knowing when and being with the right people. But a lot of people swear by it. I've never tried. I'm kind of excited for my first experience. I haven't done it. I haven't done it either. Mostly because I feel like my heart will explode. Um, and so. well, see, so you got you got to watch what you do. You got so I'm talking MDMA. Uh, a lot of time, people will take ecstasy, which is MDMA and some sort of. Uh, speed mix in together that gives you the heart attack feel uh, where you feel like you're you're gonna dance the night away and your heart's gonna jump out of its ribcage uh, but if you're just doing MDMA, it's a lot more relaxed. I'm trying to picture you dancing the night away. I'm I was uh, <laughs> yeah, I could cut a rug back in the day, buddy. Uh, <laughs> but no, um, yeah, it's I. I I recommend it to everybody. Um, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Obviously, like you said, you want to do it in a in a situation that's 
conducive what to a, have. What a fantastic tangent we just. <laughs> Look at that, eh? I'm not even sure how we got here, but all right, let me let's let's get this back. Reel me on back track here. Let's get, let's get some back on track here. So what we wanted to talk about today, though, was the I would I think the phenomenon that's happening right now in uh, I think maybe both the collectibles uh, space as well as the crypto space. It's a pretty unique crossover, and that's NBA Top Shot and. Uh, Chamber, I got you into it maybe a week ago. Actually, I don't even think you've had a, a a real official pack drop yet since you've been baptized in Top Shot, have you? I don't know how many times I've refreshed this goddamn page. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Top Shot Club. I think that's part of their business model. I yeah. bought uh, I bought a couple of moments. Uh, I think that's what they're called, moments, right? Yeah. Uh, on the marketplace, uh, but no, I have not gotten my own. Honest to goodness, pack yet. So it's let's coming. Start. Series eleven, uh, series two, pack eleven's ready to drop. I have like, the page. Yeah, it ready might to drop go. while we're. It might drop while we're on this. Uh, my word on the street is uh, three o'clock Eastern, but I'm not. All sure. right, all right, we'll all see. right. Uh, but uh, all right, so let's start from the top here. Uh, Please, Andrew, what? Give us a quick and dirty definition of what NBA Top Shot is. Whew, that's tough. It's quick and dirty. <laughs> it's, uh, the, the, there's a, it's something that solves a lot of the pain points in the hobby. For example, the biggest pain point in the hobby, in my opinion, is intermediary. So you got to sell through like eBay, right? So, if you, but if you're selling through eBay, you can return cards. It's not an instant exchange of ownership. So with Top Shot, you have an instant exchange of ownership. Uh, two. A difficult part of in the hobby is getting packs, right? People camp out of in front of Walmart for like hours and then you don't get any packs because they're already sold out that does happen with top shop but you're able to get a pack of moments from your computer so to me all top shot really is is just digital sports cards and i wouldn't get too caught up in the difference between a video and a picture because that michael jordan fleer card where he's gliding through the air so beautifully like he's dunking that's a moment too they just captured it in a still moment, but I, I think that would be equally cool in a Top Shot moment, seeing him, the full thing, seeing him dunk his airness, as they call him. So I, I don't chalk up too much difference between uh, just a still image like a card and a moment like Top Shot is. I think it solves a lot of the pain points, especially instant ownership transfer. Uh, that, that That's what blockchain does. Uh, so yeah. that's how I see it. So just a little uh, additional kind of background from the the crypto side so this is they're basically these packs are nfts so they're non-fungible tokens so uh each one is its unique uh unique spot on its on a blockchain with its own unique mint and its own unique mint number right so uh chamber you you know all about nfts huh <laughs> yeah i sure do you, you uh, i can't believe what you did the other day and it, so I, I think one of the coolest and weirdest things about top shot so you know you get the this is a really easy concept for the crypto crowd to get right because it's something we've been doing and dabbling in the nft conversation and and like the digital art piece and the digital provenance uh that's still a struggle even with some crypto crypto people but um i think that whole conversation the people are starting to see the value of that and um so what i think is so crazy about top shot is it's 
a mixture of you have the crypto people who know nothing or maybe very little about the NBA. Uh, you have people that I probably haven't watched an NF an NBA basketball game in years playing with Top Shot, right? And then you have the collectibles space, the traditional sports card people uh, trying to come in and wrap their head around the digital piece of it all, right? So I think that's super interesting. Like, like Chamber, you are you are you fully red pilled on the nft game now or or what's the deal i definitely uh i've definitely paid for the education um yeah i I think so i'm i'm 100 in i would say um what the the one question i did have um what blockchain does top shots run on okay so uh andrew do you know the answer to that because if you don't i'll take it i don't i don't Okay, so it's actually uh, built by Dapper Labs. So Dapper Labs is actually the same company uh, or group that built CryptoKitties Chamber. So these are actually the same guys that built CryptoKitties, and it's actually being powered by the Flow blockchain. So remember the other day I was telling you I wanted to pick up a bag of Flow, uh, which you can't, by the way, in the U.S. or Canada yet. So, uh, But when I can, I will be investing because I think this thing's going to I think it's kind of here to stay. And even without the top shot per se, the platform, uh, what they're doing with these marketplaces and things like that is probably something that will be built on for a long time, right? Even if if it's not top shot. Um, But so it's Dapper Labs. It's built on Flow blockchain. And then you have, uh, so essentially how it works is you go and you but you buy these packs. The packs have moments in them. They are essentially a digital collectible. And then you can buy, sell, trade, and they all have value. And Andrew, they are going, some of these moments are going for insane amounts of, of money, huh? They, they are. The LeBron moments. And this is where it gets interesting, right? There's like layups, there's blocks, but I, you, and there's three-pointers. But dunks, I feel like people are going to prefer dunks. So like the LeBron moment where he dunks on, I don't even remember the player, but just posterizes him. That's the most expensive moment. And then you have like Series 1, which is like the OG pack. So those moments, you know, they're limited out of like 300. There's a cosmic, I think it's limited out of 75. I don't know the exact serial numbers, but there's been moments that have sold for 100,000. And frankly, I think they would have sold for more if the platform would have allowed it. Right now, the maximum purchase on the site because it's in beta is 100,000. I actually, I think they just bumped it. The other day I saw they bumped it to 250, I think. Which is which is crazy to think about. <laughs> well, there's a few things at play here, and I, I, it sounds to me like this is what you guys do. I'm a consumer behavior guy, so like I love when there's an overlap of kind of interest. And you mentioned it just a little bit ago, like it's people that love crypto that have made money more than likely on Ethereum and Bitcoin. Like I, I have friends that made like hundred sixty thousand dollars, and all they've ever put in was ten thousand. You know, there's a lot of people that made money on crypto. And then on the other side, it's people who love sports, probably sports betting, daily fantasy, collectibles, and they're overlapping, right? And that's why you're seeing a bit of a boom with Top Shot. And 
digital collectibles in general. It's, it's not just Top Shot. There's digital art out there. Yeah. And and uh, so I don't know if you, uh, you probably aren't aware of this, Andrew, but yesterday or two days ago in the crypto world, uh, something I would say similar took over and, and it was the, like, everybody forgot about Top Shot for the day. And uh, Chamber, maybe you could take a, a second to explain what the hell this is uh, because I, I still don't even know what it is. I mean, and I'll give you the broad stroke because I still don't even know what happened. Is it's called, is it Dogecoin? No, <laughs> it, it's called uh, Hash Masks. They yeah. were called Hash Masks. And essentially, Andrew, it was the same kind of phenomenon where, um, you know, it, it, was, it was really only appealed to crypto people and the, uh, the NFT, like the non-fungible token ownership, rarity, scarcity type of crowd. And... But it went viral real quick or throughout the crypto yeah. community. It's so hard that Chamber uh, made his own little investment <laughs> so, that wasn't so little. <laughs> no, it wasn't little. Um, and you might have been better off buying a, a moment here. Oh, I would have been. I may have been much better off buying a moment. Um, but yeah, no, it was. Uh, it was this thing called um, uh, Hash Masks. I think they released it about a week ago where the platform itself went live uh, seven days ago. And what they were doing is they were releasing, um, I want to say, let's, we'll call it 17,000 NFTs of uh, different different works of art. And the first block you could buy for like 0.1 Ethereum. And if you're not familiar with what Ethereum is, it's roughly priced at about $1,500 right now. Uh, so it'd be $150 you could have paid uh, a week ago to get one of these works of art. So at the time, I know people that bought like 20 of them said, you know, fuck it, let's 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 participate in this. So they bought 20. And then I think, I think it was every day or once a certain block got purchased, the price would go up. Uh, so it went from 0.1 to, you know, 0 0.2, 0 0.3, whatever it went to. So by the time it got to me, the day before it ended, or the day it ended, I should say, uh, I was paying three Ethereum for the same. Oh my god! Yeah. And then so so there was 150 available at three Ethereum. So I was I was one of 150, and then the last three before they could close the sale were three at 100 Ethereum each. So and people th bought them. Three people bought uh, for a hundred Ethereum. Bought one one of these. Works so Andrew, it. for con for context, then a hundred Ethereum at the current price is one hundred and forty thousand dollars. And they didn't they didn't even see it. It was just sight unseen. I'm gonna pay a hundred and some thousand dollars just to just to participate. Where seven days ago, a hundred and fifty dollars would have got you the same thing. So the so the the reason I wanted to bring that up versus what we're talking about here is kind of my point about the overlap, right? Where you have these, uh, you know, the crypto crowd that is, you know, they have money to spend they see value in these in this digital scarcity and so you know there's that's where this liquidity on top shop a lot of it comes from right where and and i think what's interesting is people it doesn't matter you know what what do you think andrew about the argument from people where and i i don't know if uh cage said this i can't remember or about you know it just being something you can get on youtube right like you could see this on youtube why am i paying for it what is what's your you know kind of well, well, well i could print like and on ebay there are reprints selling which actually are crazy but i could print a picture of a card too sure and i could put it in a slab i could probably send it to gma and they'll grade it to be quite honest <laughs> yep uh <laughs> But that's not really what we're looking for, right? Like, 
we're looking for a place to store our it's a store of value plus we're making a bet or a speculation or an investment the line is very blurred in the current age of the difference between those three that hey you know i'm going to convert my us dollar into this moment or into this crypto and i think long term that it's going to appreciate relative to the dollar that, that's really what i think we're just exchanging assets that's and that's totally what it is right and it's all about whether it's the sports cards, whether it's the hash mask, whether it's Top Shot, right? It's people are chasing and exchanging the 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 scarcity and the um, you know that limited asset, right? So it doesn't matter, like the you know the tangible the tangible collectible piece. You know when somebody buys a five point two million dollar Mickey Mantle like they did last week or two weeks ago, you, you know that card isn't sitting on his counter. It is now in a vault. He owns it, but he doesn't have it to take sleep with under his pillow, right? It's it's essentially the same thing. Like yeah, you, you I have some of the, my cards in front of me, and that's great. But if I owned a uh, five point two million dollar Mickey Mantle, I'd be just as happy with it in a vault, right? So uh, it doesn't matter what you're chasing there and selling. And and trading and buying uh, and and holding is the tangible or is the uh, the that digit or that scarcity right just the limited nature of these uh, assets so it doesn't matter that you can get this on YouTube because quite honestly it's not even I, I've bought stuff where I haven't or I've opened packs where I'm not even looking at the dang moment I'm just looking at the number what the mint is I'm trading on that right um, so you know is that kind of how you see it as well. I think we absolutely, man. Absolutely. And I think we look at, I think we've gotten really good at understanding store of value, right? Like all money is, is a store of value. So like, and I don't even think of it as buying a Mickey Mantle to $5.2 million card. I, I just think it's converting us dollars for an alternate investment, an alternate asset. Like if, if people have ever traveled, you know, you you're in the US, you're flying to, let's say Mexico, you get to the Mexican airport in Cancun and you convert your US dollars to pesos, right? You're not buying pesos, you're just converting your US dollars to pesos. So we're really good at that when it comes to like tangible in the real world. But what was hard for a long time for people and clearly it's so much better now because technology is better and there's adoption, but it was really confusing for people to convert US dollars to Bitcoin, right? Like th that they couldn't make that that switch in their head, they always call it buying Bitcoin, but you're not buying Bitcoin, you're just exchanging your US dollar for Bitcoin. You're exchanging your US dollars for an internet asset. And now there are more and more and more and more and more internet assets out there. And also there's collectibles, art, coins, sports cards. But I think what we've gotten good at is really understanding how to convert traditional assets to alternate assets. I think that's a great point. What do you think of that, Chamber? No, I, I think he, I think Andrew hit the nail right on the head. It's 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 a common saying in in cryptocurrency, but what gives it value is the group of people that is giving it value, right? And that's not just with Bitcoin. It, you know, the value in Bitcoin is the security, the you know, the the decentralized nature of it. Um, but with you know, with with collectibles. It's a group of people saying yes this is valuable and this at this moment in time is is the price we're putting on that valuable thing and that yeah. may that may go down and that may go up with you know if if lebron james uh i don't know maybe not let's not use lebron james 
if um, if Tobias Harris uh, goes out and drops 101 points tonight, um, guess what? The, the, the value of a Tobias Harris top shot is going to go fucking through the roof. Um, sure. Because a group of nerds on computers say that it's more valuable now. Uh, I'm also curious, like, to just, full, I always like to answer a question with the question. What gives the U.S. dollar value? That's exactly it. We, That's it. The That's group of totally people. It. Did you guys ever see the uh, the first Dumb and Dumber when they find the briefcase? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And then they like spend all the money, <laughs> and then they find them, and they're like, "You use you spend all my money." They're like, "We didn't spend all your money." There's IOUs for every single thing you for, and it's the same thing. People don't realize when you have a U.S. dollar, what they're saying is, "Hey, we I we owe you." It's just as good this, as cash. We're, this will be reusable. You'll be able to apply this to a grocery purchase or a movie theater entry at a future date. So the government is IOU. And we haven't touched on this, but it's a big point. Like, I think we're losing faith in the dollar sure. and the U.S. government because of how much they've printed it. Of course. And, and I mean, as I a result, we're looking for other Are we just going to brush over the fact that Andrew said the first Dumb and Dumber? Um <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know there the, was I know there was more Dumb and Dumbers, but I feel I feel the the we can just say Dumb and Dumber. We can forget about the other two that came. Yeah, they don't. But they then they were really like count. Dumb and Dumberer. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We can just say Dumb and Dumber, and uh, and we'll all know what that means. But the uh, but his point is is perfect. Hundred percent. Right? And you know that was the big thing I remember having to to kind of talk my dad into when I was talking about Bitcoin was you know well what is it backed by. Well, mm. and you know, well, what is the U.S. dollar backed by? It's, the it's, government. Yeah, right. Okay, <laughs> and then you know, it, and it used to be the gold standard and right. all that, but it's not anymore, right? So you know, it's all the same. It's all that, right? Um, so I it think hasn't that's been really the gold standard thing. since 1970, right? Frankly, exactly. So. so, but but I feel like a lot of, I mean, I feel like a lot of people who aren't into crypto or they, I bet you most people don't really know that. That's quite honest. No, that's that's pr you're probably accurate there. Uh, the fact that nobody really knows, and and I honestly think if the dollar was still like a like gold based, uh, you know, as 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 the underlying currency, I think it would be much easier for people to make the transition from gold to Bitcoin. Do you know what I mean? Because we say gold, oh, this gold. We as a community, we say it's it's worth something. It's different than saying the government says it's worth something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I right because people trust the government inherently, right? Well, I, I honestly do think they trust the government inherently. I, no, I wasn't really oh. kidding. <laughs> I mean, people do. Uh, yeah. So, but anyway, all right. Let's go. Let's go back to Top Shot here. So, Andrew, how how have you kind of used uh, Top Shot? Because I mean, people are making money on Top Shot. People are, and people are also probably losing money on Top Shot. But um, <laughs> I feel like there's more to be made uh, if you're doing it right. So, how are you? kind of utilizing top shot and what advice would you give you know maybe chamber who, who's only been using it for a week huh uh i think series one moments are going to be sought after um let me tell you what i have right now i'll tell you what i have. Sure. I bought three cars you tell me if i made the right decision here okay i have a um maxi uh kleber kleber uh, you you did that because of Mark Cuban, didn't you? Yeah, no, they were talking about it on the Discord. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna buy one of these. Uh, that, it well, is, did you see he mentioned Mark Cuban yes, wrote that was, blog, it, and he yes. mentioned Maxi Cleaver. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a Series Two, but I bought that one specifically for that particular reason. I did buy a Series One, 
Reggie Bullock. Um, it's him, blo- or it's him. Uh, uh, you know, Robin LeBron. I thought that was pretty good. And a series. And uh, sorry, that was a limited edition. L E. What's yep. C? What's CC stand for? Uh, go ahead, Andrew. If you know. I don't know what the actual what it stands for, but it means it's just they're going to keep printing. And, oh, and okay. yeah, it stands for continuing count. I believe. Oh, okay. I see. Yes. I see. So I have uh, the other two. I have are limited editions, which are uh, Sfima. That Kailu. means that that means that number that you see on the back end of that is that's is how many the there are. And they're I not see. making anymore. Yes. So I have yeah. a uh, I have a Sfima Kailuk and a Reggie Bullock Series One Limited Edition. Uh, not that they're that special. I didn't pay that much for them. I just kind of wanted to transact and see how the whole process worked. Um, but they're pretty cool. They're cool. So my my I have a couple series one moments, but the only I, I bought, which is funny. I shout out to uh, Crypto Fitch, our our buddy Frank, who uh, I think five time podcast guest. Uh, he told me about Top Shot way back in like October. So my account. I was actually created in October and I had a couple packs in here of series one packs. Um, so the, the only series one I've bought that I didn't rip, uh, I bought a Markeith Morris, uh, limited edition from the, bu- from the bubble. Uh, and the only, the reason I bought it was because it, it's a limited edition. It's only out of like 1900 and it actually features LeBron as well. I think LeBron gives him the assist. So I'm like, all right, let's find, let's find short, printed lebron featured moments right so bubble uh, bubble keith was sick too that was uh was, <laughs> do, do you guys use uh intangible.market yes that's a great uh really? have you, did no. you uh did i tell you about that one yet chamber no intangible oh. yeah well, go, one go of the ahead, big Andrew, one of the big benefits of blockchain i think this is it all ties in i hope people that are listening realize how interconnected a lot of this stuff is because they're so, like for like, like GME and AMC, because of the lack of transparency, people are so frustrated. So why people love blockchain is it's pseudo transparent. Like there's a ledger, and you're able to see everyone's transactions, right? So you, the, it it's harder to pump and dump. You see what people own. So you go to this website. It's called Intangible Dot Market. I thought it was a you, virus. It's it's good. It's <laughs> it's legit. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, you, what did I do? <laughs> And you type in a name, like type in Cage Lawyer. That's my co-host. He got in early. You're able to just using his username, see what does this guy own? What does this guy hold in crypto moments? Okay. It tells you what it's worth too. Exactly. Like the baseline value of what his moments are worth. Yeah. So you could put in, if you do account, I think there's a, a tab that says, or a link that says account valuation or something. And you put in your username and it'll tell you kind of what your moments are worth at the floor. Uh, like what the lowest price moment is. It doesn't take in, if you're looking at this, it doesn't take in serial number to account, which one of the things that I thought was crazy. And, um, in the sports card world, Andrew, you know, when we see something that's numbered or we're looking at a population count for a card, you know, we're looking at that back number where it's like out of, you know, out of 99, right? There's only 99 of them exist, right? Or, you know, out of 2000. Um, so, but in Top Shot, what is crazy is the, that back number doesn't matter as much as the front number does. That mint number. So like, if you look at what these moments are going for, the number one minted of moment is going for significantly more than the back ended moment, no matter, even though there's 15,000 of each, 
the number one is going for a lot more than the number uh, 10,000. And even though they're both out of 15,000, right? Or the jersey numbers are going for more or the literally no joke, it ones the 420s are going for more so like you find out these little weird quirks that people are buying into and what people see value in and i think that's really interesting about it as well and again all because you can see the transparency of what's being bought and sold on the blockchain right it's exactly right i i other than like number one number eight number 23 jersey numbers things like that I actually think there is a lot of benefit for selling some of your lower serial number moments. Like, let's say you get nine, nine, 90 out of 7,500. I would sell that for a premium and then just buy a, a normal moment. I don't think those are as valuable, but I don't know the platform well enough. Yeah, no, I think I would agree with you, right? Like, take your money and, and run, right? Like, go like, put like that a, money, put, like a put that money jo- into a, a, yeah, put that money into a lower limited edition one, right? Like, that's what I would think. I think, I think so. Think. Like, I don't care if I pull a blue John Morant that's numbered 44 or if I pull it 185. It doesn't matter right. to me. It's exactly. The, I know it's out of 199. It's already scarce. I don't need to add another layer of scarcity to it. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Exactly. Um, some other uh, some other tools chamber that you could use to kind of check out what's going on in the market. Um, there's something called Top Shot Explorer. So okay. it's kind of like it's kind of like EtherScan ish, right. um, and that'll actually show you. Top Shot Explorer will show you like the sets, so you can see who is. You can click on like each of the releases, and it'll actually show you who uh, is in those sets, who's, you know, um, how many are minted. Then you can see on that too, I believe, who, how many they're starting to mint. So you can see who might be getting a moment soon that may not have one. So that could be a target for you. I was um, looking for, uh, uh, when I was buying the other day, I was looking, I found an Alex Caruso, uh, which I'm a big no, fan of. No, that's your boy. That's your boy. So I was looking for a Taylor Horton Tucker one. Um, that one hasn't happened yet, so I'll keep my eyes peeled for that one. But what that might I might re- be a big one when he gets his first moment. He uh, people are loving THT. I love a good THT moment. Um, <laughs> but the moment I'm expecting now, I didn't realize this. You guys said this early in the show, but so there's only three types of moments. There's dunks, three pointers, and layups. Is that is that correct? Uh, there's assists. And, um, oh, and assists. I, okay. I, yeah, I can't remember. Handles. What I think that handles. handles yeah. Like, so they should come up with another one. What call it whatever. Um, but of 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 moments like what happened the other day with LeBron and the uh, uh, courtside Karen. Um, oh, one hundred percent. Like, are you kidding? Like, how is that not a moment? That's that is the moment of twenty twenty one so far. That's uh, great. <laughs> I, I think they will, and I think they'll have like throwback moments too. I think you, you, I think they're starting very practically. What gives me a lot of promise is I think the site has had a ton of issues. It's really hard to get packs. It, it freezes up, but. The founding team, like you mentioned, they've started CryptoKitties, they have experience, they have some really smart backers and advisors. So that gives me a lot of hope that they'll figure this thing out because it is so new. Yeah, uh, 100%. Um, There's one other uh, website that I just wanted uh, for people to check out. It's CryptoSlam. Uh, Are you familiar with CryptoSlam, Chamber? I am not familiar with CryptoSlam. Okay, so Crypto Slam is kind of um, it, it shows all the activity on like DApps, 
So all the oh, Ethereum I did, see, I did see a screenshot, I think. Yes, so um, you can so Top Shot is the hold on one second. I thought it was the num- wasn't it the number one? Yes. Uh, like was it by uh, by trade volume or Yeah, yeah. so cryptoslam.io is what the Guys, if is. you're out there listening to this podcast, I want you to realize this is so new. Like this is so new. You're not late to the game. Learning this stuff now is going to benefit you long term whether you're in the market you're buying just being having a fundamental knowledge of it, I think is gonna this is gonna be here to stay, whether that's Top Shot Crypto Kitties or company in five years, that's a different one. I, I think blockchain is here to stay. So I, I totally agree. And and like, you know, we've heard in the past couple years, Chamber, specifically about, you know, these decentralized apps, nobody uses them, blah, 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 this and that. And and that's that has historically been the case, I would think, right? Um, but Top shot, just to give you perspective. So, crypto punks. Uh, do you know what crypto punks are? Either of you guys? I, I've 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 heard of crypto punks. Okay, so crypto punks was the biggest one before this, before Top Shot. They were like the biggest collectible DAP thing, right? Now that is the number two today in the last twenty four hours. They've done four hundred and fifty two thousand dollars in sales today. Uh, they're down 33% uh, in the last 24 hours. They've had 19 total buyers and 24 transactions. So that's the number two DAP right now. Uh, So for perspective here, NBA Top Shot today, just in the last 24 hours, $1.6 million in sales volume, um, 4,388 unique buyers and 16,811 transactions. That's crazy. That's bananas. In the last 30 days, they've done $44 million in volume, 20,000 active buyers, and 544,000 transactions. So, like, so people are using this platform. And I think that's the big takeaway, right? And, and it's, uh, so, Andrew, what, do you think it's, I mean, do you think the traditional collector is going to embrace this? Because, like, we've seen some stuff we, like, Tops did a blockchain release with, um, Tops at a blockchain release with Garbage Pail Kids. Panini does the Panini blockchain, um, you know, cards and things like that. Uh, but do you think the traditional collector will eventually embrace something like this? I think the traditional collector is changing, right? Like, uh, you see, like when you picture a traditional collector, you think of like that forty-year-old guy in the bottom of his mom's basement collecting cards. <laughs> but I think that traditional collector is changing. Like, if you go to these shows, like. You see more women at the shows. You see more young kids at the shows. Like, you see these kids that are, you know, 15, 16. I mean, we had one on, Rips Cards, you know. He's a collector at heart, and he's 16, and he has, like, a million-dollar-plus collection of Giannis, Kawhi, and Luca and Trey. Oh, my God, imagine. We've never had a minor on the show, have we? I don't know. I feel like we should. We probably could. There's probably 14-year-old devs out there that are crushing it's a trip, man. It's crazy. Like this kid started collecting at twelve. We we had him on. Uh, he's like, we're like, okay, you invested in Giannis, but tell us about some of your mistakes. And he was like, well, I invested in Kawhi. Uh, so <laughs> that's not that's a, a mistake. A- uh, <laughs> but no, they got in early. Is he the traditional investor? I could see someone like him in one to two or three years once this has a little bit more adoption and maturity, moving 15 percent of his collection into digital moments. We always think in all or nothing, but really, you know, it's just a percentage of your portfolio. Like I, I probably invested three to five percent 
into Top Shot enough to make a dent, but not like not everything. Sure, you know what sure. I mean. Yeah, for sure. Well, and the thing too that I don't know if, if people don't realize it or, or what, but you know, people get older. Uh, somebody was I saw somebody the other day talking about millennials, and I'm like, bro, millennials are like 40 now. <laughs> All right, like you can't, you can't like yell at them for being dumb and young. Like they're old, they're you know they're old people now. Um, and, and a lot of them are inheriting their family money. Right, so like these millennials <laughs> that you are like coming at. Well, they're probably working at hedge funds and they've taken in some of the trust from their family's money and now they're deploying it towards. And you're seeing this, like you're they're deploying it towards sports cards. Like and, a lot and of not even are, not even the money aspect. I mean, just just think, like I have a seven year old daughter. She has always known, like, you know, high-speed internet, tablets. Like, she's seven. So just take somebody that's, like, take your take the, the, the kid that was on your show. He's 16, 15. Like, that's not that much older than my, than my kid. He's probably always had an iPad or more or less uh, had, a, had a cell phone uh, from, from when he was probably 11 or 12 years old. The, the, the mentality shifts with the generations. And when you when you hear that millennials are now getting into their mid to late 30s, soon to be 40s, what does that tell you? It means that, you know, the boomers are dying off. And, <laughs> and no, you're absolutely you know, right. slowly but surely, things will migrate into something completely different. They control yeah. culture is really what... Right, exactly, exactly. It, it's, it, yeah, it's interesting. I, I think it's... Uh, I think it's a fun, you know, me and I think all three of us here are pretty uh, open to being early adopters of things, you know, from a collect from a traditional collector standpoint, obviously there's Top Shot, um, you know, Andrew, you guys are big into Starstock, which I'm a huge fan of, uh, which is another new platform. And I think, you know, being an early adopter and being open-minded about this stuff, is, it pays off more than it doesn't, right? And so, like you said, maybe it's not all in Top Shot, but put, uh, you know, play around with it, educate yourself, because even if Top Shot isn't the thing that stays around, um, this idea is not going anywhere, I don't think, right? So um, I think that's probably the, a good place to stop on Top Shot. I do want to just point out, so today, uh, the last 24 hours, you can see on this CryptoSlam.io is probably the best resource to go look at like all the marketplace stuff. Uh, three LeBron James moments sold today. I think they're the same. Uh, oh no, one is the finals dunk serial number to fifty, sold for thirty-two thousand. Uh, one is the top uh, from the top block serial number to nineteen, sold for twenty-eight thousand. And another LeBron from the top block. Oh, that same moment, uh, serial number to forty-six, sold for twenty-seven thousand dollars. That's just today. That's insanity. Uh, but the other thing you can see, another big sale today, LeBron James. 13,750 bucks. Uh, so I would also say, you know, keep that same mentality where, you know, probably that, put your, the moment put your want, money where the, the last one, the series one dunk gold. Oh yeah. That's sweet. That's the one I want. This one was serial number to 240. Yeah. And there's people out there developing tools, like tools out there all the time that, um, you know, for this, that are probably going to be pretty useful for people soon. So I, I would say, you know, check it out. Go ahead. I have one last question just about the packs. Yep. Now I see here like a bunch of them are sold out 
um, where it says base set series two common right on it. It seems there was a cool cats pack dropped uh, last. Uh, that was a uh, maybe a series one or the first drop of the cool cats. Um, can you get one of these like super rare ones in one of these base packs, or do you need to get yes. a more expensive pack? No, you can definitely get you can definitely pull rare stuff in the base packs. I okay, think. all right, that was the um, only question I had. I wasn't sure if it was only kind of like base common cards, or you could get a legendary or a. They they have different packs, but what what was cool with like the Cool Cats release, for example, is they run these challenges on top of it. Yeah, so I saw like, that. I saw that. So if you collect all eighteen or all twelve of these Cool Cats, we'll give you a Luca Cool Cat. So it's kind of fun. Uh, it's like a little bit of game that they've added on top. Um, that I think that they've learned. So you just need to hold side. all of them, and then they'll drop a Luca in yeah, your wallet. If you, or if they'll just you add it to your account if you collect all of them. Yep. Sick. I like it. The, right. But so so because of that though the cool cats moments are going for premium on on the marketplace right so like I opened a cool cat pack I had a cool cat pack and I got a Devin Booker three pointer and it was out of seventy five hundred and you know this is kind of when I was first really starting around like really getting into it and I'm thinking to myself oh you know what this is you know it is what it is i look at it and i'm like oh my god this is a 400 hundred dollar moment and people i placed it for sale for 390 and i uh it literally sold in two minutes two, two minutes it was insane <laughs> i couldn't believe it but anyway all right so let's let's stop there on top shot i think we gave people a really good idea of what it is if you haven't messed around with it yet uh check it out it's it's worth you know investing a little time in potentially um but we've got one more quick segment here uh we've got chamber who you all know listeners is one of the biggest laker fans out there he is uh i, I think he's a self-described in a recent tweet that kobe f- is like the big brother he never had that's a fact man that's a said. fact this is what she said and and i know that andrew from his podcast has um you know a, a, a he's a big kobe guy you have a big kobe collection is that correct big is relative not when i go on instagram it doesn't right. feel it what's doesn't the, what's feel the so coolest big. piece you have my favorite card that I have, I just sold two nines of probably my favorite card because I just did, couldn't afford the 10. My favorite Kobe card is the Kobe 1996 Tops, but it's at 50th. It's like the foil card. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. just a really hard to grade card, but the, my, my favorite card is the Ultra. I have a two Fleer Ultra 52 PSA 10s that I really like. It's just a hard grade. It's the black background card, uh, so I really like that. We'll have to uh, post some pics of those cards for people who aren't familiar. So, I'll, Chamber, you're going to want one. I know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds like I do. Look, see, I don't know how you haven't kind of gotten into this yet. I mean, if you're dropping three uh, Ethereum on a hash mask, you know, that. My that wife asked me what three been. Ethereum was worth, by the way, and I, had, I didn't have the heart to tell her. <laughs> that that money could have bought you you know one of these kobe at 50th Fuck. you know what I mean? <laughs> so which will probably go up in value versus your hash mask i would think right yeah uh, but the, we've got two big kobe fans here so we're gonna roll through the trivia games that we'd like to do we're gonna put andrew gonna against chamber i'm gonna get <laughs> Wrecked. 
wrecked. Smoked. No, Jesus. I don't know. I don't know. Cage, Cage flexes his movie quote trivia on me every episode, and I just look like a fool. But let, let's <laughs> rock with. <laughs> All right. So here's how it'll work. Uh, we're gonna start with Andrew. Andrew, they, I'm gonna give you multiple choice Kobe questions here. I found this 20 question Kobe quiz. So we'll go through 10 questions. We'll give you five. By the each. way, you guys, I love your guys' vibe. You guys work really well off each other. This- oh, th- thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, we, you know, we've uh, Chambers I'm, I'm like the brother I never had. Oh, wait, I have a brother. Dude, you have a brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, bro. Uh, the so we'll do. We'll start with you, Andrew. I'll give you the multiple choice. You give me your answer, and then Chamber, if you get it or if you get it wrong, Chamber will have a chance to steal. And we'll do uh, out of ten questions. Who's got the most points at the end for the bragging rights here? So, all right, Andrew. Question number one: Where? Remember, this is multiple choice. Where was Kobe Bryant born? Is it A. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania? B. Denver? Uh, C. Harlem, New York? Or San Antonio, Texas? Yep, that I, I that one was too easy to start him off being a Philly guy. <laughs> so that's correct. Chamber, you keeping score over there? Yep. Okay. So we've got question two. Okay. Uh, this is for Chamber. Uh, Chamber, when is Kobe's birthday? Is it November third, nineteen seventy-eight? January 9th, nineteen seventy-six? March twenty-fourth, nineteen seventy-nine? Or August twenty-third, nineteen seventy-eight? Uh, a November, nineteen seventy-eight. November third, nineteen seventy-eight. All right, let's see if that's correct. August twenty-third or twenty-fourth. Hold on. So chamber that is incorrect. No, November third, nineteen seventy-eight is incorrect. So Andrew, are you going with August twenty-third, nineteen seventy-eight? That is correct. correct. Son of a bitch. Chamber, you must have been thinking of my birthday. Is that what it is? I know you you cherish me almost as much as almost. you cherish Kobe. Well, now that he's gone, you're the only thing I have. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> That's so sweet. All right, Andrew, off to a hot start here. Uh, oh, you're screwed, Chamber. Yeah, you're going to get this one, of course. Um, th- this one's I could have got. Uh, what is Kobe's full name? Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bean Bryant, Kobe Mom. I'm just going to put the point down now. Kobe Jarvis Bryant. Jarvis. Jarvis. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Bean. Kobe Bean. Kobe Bean Bryant. That's upsetting. correct. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. So it's three nothing here. Fuck. This is this is turning into a it's eighty-one late point early. game right here, buddy. It's getting late early. Okay. <laughs> I feel like you're getting the harder ones here, though. Uh, Kobe was what of three children? The oldest, the middle, the youngest, or was he adopted? No, he wasn't adopted. He has, I think he has two sisters, and I think they're both older. So that would make well, him the youngest? Is young- that what you're going with? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let's submit the answer Fuck. here. He's that is hard. correct. All right, good. It. All right. Yes, you got it. <laughs> okay, three to one. We're at three to one here. Would you have gotten that one, Andrew? Just out of curiosity. You, you were right. No, you were absolutely right. <laughs> All right, here we go. Two older sisters. Athletic family. That's right, yeah. All right, here's question number five. What was his dad and mom's name? Is it James and Nikki, John and Angela, Joe and Pamela, or Hector and Nicole? Joe and Pamela. Ah, god damn it. (laughs) (laughs) 
I love when he loses. <laughs> I hate to lose. I'll tell that you is, I'm, I'm that is big. correct. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. So is Chamber. He's going to take this really hard, actually. This is probably going to be one of the worst it's, it's ones. It's not over. One time. of Kobe's favorite quotes I always come back to is, uh, rest at the end, not in the middle. Ah, there you go. I like that. Um, all right. Chamber, this is your question? Yeah, I feel it. Okay, I think you're going to get this one because I know this one, so I think all you'll right. get this. Where did Kobe move when he was six years old? Brazil, California, Las Vegas, or Italy? Italy. Yes, I assume that's correct because that's what I would have said. Uh, that is correct. All right, so what do we got? Four to two? Four to two. All right, you just need one falter and steal know, here to I get just, back in it. All right. Okay, uh, Andrew's question. What high school did Kobe Bryant oh, attend? Oh, come on. Lower Marion <laughs> High, Francis K. Sweet High, Glade Central, or Henry J. Cox? <laughs> it's not even fair. It's not even fair. It really isn't. It's, I almost want to get it wrong just for, for the sanctity, but I can't. I can't. I wouldn't be able to sleep. That wouldn't, wouldn't be the myself. Kobe way. That wouldn't be the Kobe. That way. wouldn't that's, be the Kobe way. He went to Lower Marion. That's, that's, yeah, that's what I would have said as well. Okay, so now we've got five to two. Oof. Yeah, five to two. No, no, it's getting late. Okay, uh, what? College did he go to? You Miami, go to Marquette, Oregon. Yeah, all right, college. there you go. Come they on. threw you a layup there. Um, next question here, question nine. Uh, <laughs> question nine. Who, oh, this one's interesting. Uh-huh. Who did he take to his senior prom? Oh. Eva Longoria, Brandy Norwood, Trina, or he didn't go? Say those again, please. Uh, who did he Alex take Trebek. to his senior prom? Eva Longoria, Brandy Norwood, Trina, or he didn't go to senior prom? He didn't go to senior prom. He was getting buckets in the gym. He was practicing. <laughs> okay. incorrect. 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 Okay, that is incorrect. So you got a chance to steal here, Chamber. It's Brandy. Everybody knows that. Come on. That is correct. <laughs> Wow! Back right. in it, baby. <laughs> so wait, you've got what's the score? I got I got four to five for for Andrew. So you need to get this right it, uh, to tie. Yeah. Wow, you that was a clutch steal. Woo! That, that might be an that might be a top shot moment. Chamber steals a, a question. <laughs> what college? What? I know it. I know the answer. This is this is terribly worded uh the i'm gonna read it just as it is chamber yeah. what college would he take if he went duke <laughs> fau north carolina duke or duke. villanova duke okay duke is the let's see if duke's the correct answer duke is the correct answer we have a tie we're going to we're going extra to innings death yeah we're going to sudden death all right andrew uh so how do we want to operate this sudden death here it'll be if Andrew gets first it wrong, one to get one Chamber wrong, steals. Yeah, first one to get it wrong, and then the other person uh, would have to steal the win. Yeah, yeah. Let's correct. do that, right? Or actually, yeah, how would we do that? First steal. Yeah, first steal. I think works. Right? First. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Uh, this is Andrew's pick. Uh, Andrew's question. Yeah. What pick was Kobe in the draft? 11, 13, 9, or seven? That's correct. You guys are you guys are good. Thirteen is correct. Chamber, he's just putting the pressure on you. I love it. <laughs> what year did he get drafted? 93, 2000, 96, 98. 96. Okay. 
We're going to be here all day. We're running out of questions. I would love to just finish the 20 tied, and I would be happy with that, too. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. We've got, uh, okay, this is stupid. What team drafted him? Lakers, Bulls, Hornets, Rockets. That is correct. Yeah, and then the guy, and then the GM called him. He said, "We have no use for you." Yeah, like here's Vladi Divac. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right, Chamber. How many NBA seasons? Okay, wait. So I don't know when this was. It says, "How many NBA seasons has he played for?" So this he, could be a trick question. He played for depending. twenty seasons. Okay, this is old. This is an old trivia question. Um, I'm going to skip this one. Okay. We'll just say I got that one right. We're in agreement that he played for 20 seasons? Yes, he did. All right. Okay. Okay. Then that's... We can just skip that one. We'll just skip that one. You got it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, This quiz is for for, uh, six years old. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's not for six-year-olds. Is that what you're saying? No. <laughs> it's, for grown, it's for grown adults. All right. Dude, I think we're going to get all these. You guys are going to get all these right. What was his highest scoring game of his career? 81, 80, 82, or 61? I think it's Andrew, right? Yeah. yeah. Is it me? 81 against the Raptors. I already, put, I already put the points in for it. Okay, let's keep going. We've got uh, Chamber. Okay, what was his? This is harder. What was his highest scoring average in his career? 30.4, 29.7, 31.2, or 35.4? See, in my head it was 34.5, but it might, it's probably 35.4. Is that what you're going with? Yeah. Okay, this is a difficult one if you. That is correct. <laughs> I thought it was 34 wow. something, but it was probably 35 something. Wow. Okay. Here we go. Only a couple questions left to, for, we're going to call it a tie at that point. Uh, how, wow. Who wrote this? How much points per game did he average in his career? All right. So what was his points per Oof. game career average? 27.6. Now I have to keep in mind that this is a couple years old. Uh, 27.6, 28.3, 26.4, and 25.3. It's ridiculous. That's such a ridiculous question. That is a ridiculous question. question. You could you both could get, both it, get wrong. it wrong. That's true. <laughs> read, read the multiple choice again, options yeah. again, please. 27.6, 28.3. 26.4 or 25.3? 26.4. I agree. I think okay. that's the right answer. <laughs> well, he You're didn't play a lot his first two years. I, th- I agree with him. He didn't play a lot his first two years. That's the lowest one, right? No, I think no. there's a lower one. I think it was a 25. 25.3 is the lowest. and uh, But I think 26 that, is right, though. So you would have gone with that, Chamber? I think we both, yeah. I would have I said the same thing. So that is incorrect. Oh, interesting. This this says twenty five point three. I feel like the numbers jacked up because the because of the the, the when date. the quiz was right. That's why I'm not giving you the steal option there. Yeah, because that's yeah. why. Okay, uh, two questions or three questions left. This one's Chambers. How many championships did he win? We're still tied, right? Yeah, it's five. Okay. Wait, does this mean you're up one now? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, no. Technically, that last one was a wonky one, so we should give him a pass on it. 
All right, we'll give him. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Okay, so you're still tied. Going into question 19, is this a Kobe question? Who is the <laughs> Lakers' all-time leading scorer? Kobe Bryant, Jerry West, Magic Johnson, Elgin Baylor. Elgin Baylor. That one's for, that one's for Andrew? Yeah. <laughs> Say that again? That was for me? Yeah. Who's the Lakers' all-time leading scorer? Uh-huh. And it's just Kobe, Jerry West, Magic Johnson, Elgin Baylor. I assume the answer is Kobe. It's Kobe. I'm surprised they didn't put Kareem on that. But I well, guess he's Kareem, not like only Kareem a Kareem got a lot of his points with Milwaukee, right? Uh, th- that's how they're counting it. It's got to be It's got to be Kobe. That's correct. And then the last one. <laughs> this, one, this question sucks, too. I think you guys are going to just have to call it a draw. I agree with that. What? What was the la- what was his latest salary? So we can't do that because this is yeah that's uh, a yeah that's a weird one twenty third or twenty I'm not reading all these numbers twenty million was it twenty million yeah it's twenty million right. there let's see if that twenty million is there and that is not correct twenty three million I feel like the last two years of his contract were like twenty million a piece they could be so again this one was old so I think we're gonna have to call this a draw what do you guys say I agree I feel worthy adversary now I do have a question for Andrew please. In the in the uh, in, in the highlights of Kobe's career, um, I've been going back and forth on this moment uh, between two moments, kind of tying it back into top shots. What do you think is the better moment, the Kobe eighty-one point game, or the Kobe sixty-point game, the last game of his career? Stumped. It's a tough. I wa- well, I watched the sixty-point game, oh. and it was obvious they let him shoot a right. ton. But I love what Kobe represents to people. So, like that's that to me is bigger than anything. Like, and coming off an Achilles injury on yes. his last game, mm-hmm. and the to, year and the year was shit. Like he was, yeah, he was no good all year at Kobe standards. Like he was good, yeah, on average basketball. Player. And to have that resilience to show up. Oh. Um, it kind of epitomized who he is. I so agree. Like I, I, I've slowly gone. I've gone to the camp of the last game, the sixty-point game, is my favorite Kobe game. And just everybody that was there, like I think, like Jay Z and Kanye were there. Just everybody's just losing their mind in that last five minutes. Because and that was a close game too. Like that was, that was. I think it was tied with like four minutes left. And I mean, it was it was bananas. And Utah. Needed to win that game in order to make the playoffs. Like it was, it was a real game. It was a real game. Uh, I agree. Uh, but yeah, I think that's slowly become my my favorite game. I'm a I'm a Froby guy, by the way. I'm a young Kobe guy because what I think about what I think is cool about Kobe. If you like go back and watch his interviews, you'll notice he never talks about money. He's one of those really interesting guys. None of his interviews he ever even mentions money. And then I started thinking, I was like, dude, this guy is a true artist. And what I love is how Kobe evolved. Like, he came in, he was arrogant, he was raw, he wasn't really that good, he wasn't the most athletic guy, he wasn't, he didn't have a lot of the gifts that other players do, and he's someone that really stayed true to working on his craft, and I really like that and respect that about him. So I'm a young, I'm a Froby guy. I I don't, I, I love it all. I mean... I was like, like I said, I think it was like 14, 13 or 14 when the Lakers drafted Kobe. And I mean, like I, uh, it was my entire life. Like it was, that was, that was my guy. And I agree. I agree. I like the way he, he, you know, he took to the game. I like the way he trained. Um, 
yeah all no. those things that andrew just said are, is how uh, i feel about you chamber on po- about podcasting you know you don't have the natural podcasting I, gift you aren't the you aren't the best in the studio but you've really dedicated yourself to working on your craft that's right it's a mama years. mentality i've always <laughs> said he's done the most with the or with the, the most with the least you know <laughs> like six six is tall but it's not the tallest well, I think true Kobe fans would say that. A lot of people don't realize he's not that athletic. He didn't have the biggest hands. He's not super like he's you, like he's just not the most athletic guy. He's he an average basketball yep. player. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. All right, you guys. You guys could go talking for all day. Kobe I am for another pleased hour. to tie with Andrew <laughs> on the Kobe trivia. Yes, that's awesome. So before we get out of here, first of all, thank you so much, Andrew, for spending some time with us, talking Top Shot, talking about um, you know your background. Uh, before we go, talk about where people can find you, what it is that you're doing day to day. Shout out your your handles, anything like that. Sure. Um, so, like, social media is super glamorous, you know, and a podcast and all that stuff. But, is, but the truth is I made a ton of mistakes in my 20s. So I didn't invest well. I didn't save money well. I didn't have good financial habits, so to speak. So with that, I created a podcast trying to share the things, the mistakes I made and the strategies I've learned over the years so that hopefully other people don't make those mistakes. The podcast is called Lucas Tigers and Bronze. Oh, my um it's a great name by the way (laughs) it's myself and my co-host my co-host he's 15 14 years older than me lives in new york uh his name's pseudonym his name is cage uh and we bring you guys daily plays you know daily ideas strategies cards to look at in the collectibles market uh and then we also bring guests on uh once a week twice a week um however much it takes you know and it's been an unbelievable experience it's going on six months you guys can find us on instagram or on youtube on instagram it's luca tiger lebron podcast um and we've what's the coolest thing about this is we've been able to create a community right uh and 2020 has been crazy for a lot of people 2021 who knows but that's just life you know things happen and having a community of people you could talk with vibe with share ideas and strategies with has been super cool and it's been the most rewarding project experience business whatever you want to call it that we've ever done that's awesome and i will say uh you know i i consume a lot of uh podcasts i consume a ton of sports card and collectibles podcasts uh, myself and uh i found you guys randomly about three months ago and i think i've listened to every episode since so every single day uh i'm listening so i appreciate what you guys are doing um i I hope to be able to to chat with uh you and cage at some point uh in the near future um but get definitely if you're interested in this stuff at all go find them um if you're interested honestly even if you're not a a sports card person and you're just a into sports i think it's a lot of value there as well um but uh definitely check them out what's your personal twitter as well andrew uh my personal twitter is i think it's i am goldberg and my instagram is i am andrew goldberg Perfect. So go check Andrew out. Uh, get at him if you like what he was talking about today. We appreciate him coming on and spending some time with us. So thank you very much, Andrew. Uh, Chamber, any parting words before we get out of here? Uh, I have a uh, sweet NFT to, uh, for sale on OpenSea right now. 
for how many how many ethereum are you asking uh, for 66 ethereum uh, oh <laughs> it's for, really it's for money laundering uh so if anybody wants to launder some money feel free to pick up my work of art chamber you should have definitely just bought a kobe rookie like you're fascinated with kobe you should have spent that money on a kobe rookie oh uh, well. i'm sure someone i'm sure somebody on the internet would have taken ethereum for a kobe rookie right so um but that's gonna do it for us until next time don't get wrecked and that is financial advice hey everybody thanks for listening you can help support us by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and become a wrecked patron by signing up for a monthly tier on Patreon.com. That's Patreon.com forward slash wrecked podcast. Don't get wrecked.